Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This episode deals with serious and distressing content. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, this is Beth. While I've got you, if you love how I survived, please rate, review, and subscribe. It helps other fans like you find us too. I got a chill up my spine and I turned around um, and I see this man standing in front of me and he lunged at me. Not today, motherfucker, I'll fucking kill you. This is How I Survived. Stories of everyday people and how they survived against the odds. I'm your host, Beth Young. You know, am I going to die or what? I mean, I, I look back at it now and I thought, you know, how did I ever survive that? I think that I probably survived for a reason. How I survived. Training for her first marathon, 38-year-old Kelly Heron would pound the pavement after work. Living in the Pacific Northwest in the US, in wintertime it'd get dark by 4.30pm. Running all alone in the fading light, sometimes she'd feel a flicker of fear. It's dark and it's cold and it's creepy. I'd see these shadowy figures. It would just give me a sense of the creeps and... A feeling of panic. My biggest fear was that I would be attacked and be too tired to fight back because running, it's exhausting. And so I I would always think, oh, if I was attacked right now, I wouldn't have the energy to fight back. I decided that I needed to take a self-defense class. I kind of put off taking the class because... They were always on the weekends, and I just didn't really prioritize the time. So when Kelly's work offered a free self-defense class for all employees on Valentine's Day 2017, she jumped at the chance. Peppering the instructor with questions, Kelly asked, as a runner, what she should do if she felt like she was being followed. The answer was simple. Run. Really, it was just about... um, being prepared, being aware, trusting your instincts, and um, and then we learned some some striking as well. So we actually learned how to fight. And I actually got to yell and strike the pads. It felt very empowering, and um, just to hear the swack, just feeling like okay, if I had to, you know, I could use this. You know, a lot of people say, "Oh, you think it'll never happen to you?" Um, I did feel like it would happen to me, <laughs> um, just because I logged so much time running, I figured that, like, statistically, I would be more prone to something happening. Terrifyingly, she was right. Three weeks later, on a freezing, wet afternoon, Kelly bundled up, popped on her headphones and set off for a 16-kilometre run along the beach. It was Sunday, 
and it was raining, it was cold, um, it was windy, and the weather started getting worse, but I knew I had to get it in. I kept going, and the sky was really dark and eerie. When I got down to the beach, the water was all white-capped and rough, and I noticed that there weren't really a lot of people there. I saw a lady with her dog, and I ran by her. About halfway through her run, Kelly spotted a public bathroom and decided to quickly duck into the ladies. Basically, when you're running that far, you should always take advantage when you have the chance (laughs) when you're that far from home. The bathroom was your typical beach or park bathroom, which is pretty gross. Cement floors, steel toilets, no mirror, just like a steel sink and a hand dryer. You know, there's sand on the on the floor, and it's all pretty dirty. And there were three stalls. It certainly did not appear as though anyone else was in there. Um, the doors were just sort of closed by default, but I didn't see any feet underneath or anything. So I took that first stall, and my fitness tracker was still ticking, so I was trying to be as quick as possible. And I came out to quickly wash my hands and when I put my hands underneath the hand dryer I got a chill up my spine and I knew something was very wrong. Turning around Kelly saw a hooded man standing near a cubicle. My first instinct was almost to say like oh I'm sorry (laughs) like there's someone else in here Um, but my mind kind of went through this checklist and it was like this is not a woman, this is a man. And then the smell hit me. He smelled disgusting. Kind of as I was going through this checklist of things that are not right, (laughs) um, he lunged at me, kind of like a bear, like with both arms and I was pinned in the corner. And I wasn't even sure if this was real um it was like is this happening and he threw me to the ground and I landed on my knees and I just immediately started screaming and the first thing out of my mouth was not today motherfucker I'll fucking kill you and I was so pissed off I just went crazy and just started flailing around and throwing my arm. Adrenaline pulsing through her, Kelly fought her attacker with all her strength, but he was fighting back just as hard. Punching her in the face, Kelly was left dazed, giving the predator an opportunity to start undoing her pants. He was pulling out my my tights and um, I just knew I had to do everything that I could to not let this disgusting person raped me or worse. He was sort of on top of my back so I started throwing my elbows backwards and I'm still screaming that I'm going to kill him and um, he had on like this puffy coat so my elbow strikes, they just weren't landing it just like really wasn't very effective and um, I was just scrambling to try to get away from him. We were wrestling around and I'm doing everything I can to get away. He's 
trying to hold me down and hitting me in the face. I was able to get off my stomach and kind of turned onto my side. And that's when I saw his face for the first time. And um, I was able to free my right hand. By this time, my left whole side of my body was just black and blue um, from biting on this concrete ground. Among the chaos, Kelly remembered a tip her self-defence instructor had drilled into the class. Aim for the face or genitals. She couldn't reach his crotch, but... I got my right hand free and I just clawed him in the eyeball and I'm still screaming at him. And he didn't make a single noise, not even so much as like a grunt or anything. He was totally silent the whole time, which was really creepy. But when I clawed his eye and he started bleeding, he kind of winced. And that was the first time I got any confidence. I was like, oh my gosh, it's working. Okay, I might have a chance here. All I knew was I had to get out of there. And it didn't matter what it took, but this guy messed with the wrong girl. I was so relieved when I got one hand free because I had felt so helpless when I was on my stomach. So I really felt like I had so much mobility. Um, And I actually flashed back to fighting with my brother. I have a brother who's two years older. And when we were little, he, you know, treated me like most older brothers treat their little sisters. He would like hold me down and... um, like pretend like he was going to fart in my face or, you know, like just kind of terrorize me. And I remember thinking like, this is going much better than that. Like I'm really, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting some headway here. I kind of bought a second after I had clawed him in the face. Seizing the opportunity, Kelly broke free from his grasp and commando crawled through a gap under one of the toilet doors and into the stall. My main goal was really just to get away from this guy. So even if it meant just being on the other side of, of that little wall, I knew I had to do everything I could. It's quite low to the ground, but when you have a ton of adrenaline and the will to live, your body can do really amazing things. And I remembered from class the instructor saying, if something feels like the right thing to do, don't second guess yourself, just do it. And I looked up and I saw the lock on the door, the stall door, like one that, you know, slides. And I kicked the lock. When I kicked the lock, it was all like, it was like time stood still. Like I can still see like my running shoe flying up through the air in slow motion. But I had so much adrenaline and I kicked it so hard that I actually kicked the door completely into the frame. So the door wouldn't open or close. It was just completely jammed shut. Okay, like... (laughs) Mission accomplished, maybe, you know, bonus points there for (laughs) not just locking it, but jamming the whole thing shut. But Kelly's attacker followed her inside the cubicle, slithering his body through that same small gap. Now she was backed into another corner with the crazed man. My heart just completely sunk because it was like I didn't have much of a plan, but I knew that I wanted to be on the other side of the wall from him. And he got on top of me and was hitting me in the face. And at this point, I started to I started to lose hope. <laughs> um, I thought about what my life was going to be like, 
having to cope with, um, you know, being a, a rape victim and being raped in this disgusting bathroom. I had sand in my teeth and this had just been going on for so long and I was so tired and um, I just started to think the worst. You know, you start to kind of, the walls close in and despair, you know, it was sort of like my heart sunk and I lost hope and I was sort of losing consciousness at the same time as well. I was in there for eight minutes. That is not a short amount of time. <laughs> um, it felt like 45 minutes. I couldn't believe that he was still fighting. I was like, I'm tired, aren't you tired? <laughs> I'm exhausted. As that was happening, this the other part of me came in and was like, oh, hell no, like, we are not done here. <laughs> Get up, keep fighting. And I just got this huge surge of adrenaline and will to live. I mean, it was like, I'm going to die if I don't save myself right now. Shit becomes real fast. Lying on her back, Kelly lifted her hands to either side of the store walls and with superhuman strength, slid her body out into the main area of the bathroom. I was able to pull myself out from under him and get on the other side of that door and get to my feet. And then I lunged for the bathroom door, the main door, and there were three people outside the door. One was the lady who I had passed when I first got to the beach with a little dog. And then there were two girls who were just terrified. They were like 14 years old and they were just white and ashen, like so scared. And I was like spitting blood. And I said, couldn't you fucking hear me? <laughs> and um, one of the girls called 911 and the guy was still in the bathroom and there was no noise coming out of there at all. Meanwhile, another man stopped to help, grabbing a carabiner clip from his backpack, which they used to hold the bathroom door shut. The assailant, he actually never came out of that stall with the jammed door. He kind of just gave up or knew it was over. Um, so police arrived and I heard them breaking down the door and he admitted that he was in there with the intention of rape and um, he just said just kill me just kill me that's all he really said. Cuffed and limping Kelly's attacker was led outside the bathroom. I thought he was like the size of a refrigerator (laughs) and really he wasn't that much bigger than me Um, and he was 5'11". He was bleeding his head was bleeding his face was bleeding I like pulled his hair out he looked he looked beat up, and so I felt really happy about that. And um, the cops said that I had done an amazing job, and they were surprised. <laughs> um, and yeah, I was I was still so angry. I was like, I wanted to keep yelling at him, like I was so not done, because um, I couldn't believe this guy, you know, just had the audacity to do that and thought he could get the best of me and I was so angry and that anger actually lasted a very long time. When the police were leading me to their car to give the report, we were walking through the parking lot and I caught a glimpse of my reflection in a car window and I did not recognize the reflection. My face was completely busted, just covered in blood. 
Um, it was horrifying. And now I can understand why those teenage girls who were outside the bathroom were like so shaken because I must have looked like a monster coming out. Um, or maybe a complete badass. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was, I was really beat up. And when the medics got there, they're like, you have a large cut in your head. You're going to need that stitched. And I said, well, I'm supposed to run 10 miles today and I've done about four and a half. And I think the hospital is like six from here. So I'll just finish my run on the way to the hospital and I can just get stitches there. And I was serious. <laughs> But obviously, I was in complete shock. Um, so yes, I did end up needing needing stitches. Um, but I'm really proud of the scar that remains there today. Lacerations covered Kelly's body. She needed stitches above her eye. Her arm was black and blue, and she'd suffered a lumbar spine injury. Hearing the horrifying news, her 66-year-old mum Nancy drove three hours to look after her. She's a badass too, so and she was proud of me. I've always been quick to stand up for myself, and I definitely have a spirit, you know, bit of a temper. And my mom does too. We're very nice, and we're <laughs> and we're kind people, but like, don't piss us off. And so I don't think she was surprised that I was able to muster that kind of. Um, strength and tenacity I, you know I definitely get that from her I was really relieved that she was close enough to be there quickly and to stay with me and to help get me through the aftermath which you know definitely came in waves the worst of it wasn't even immediately but you know kind of when the when the shock and the adrenaline starts to wear off and it's <laughs> you know that's when you need your mom <laughs> so I was really grateful uh, to have her there Checking the GPS tracker on her fitness watch, the line on the map showed just how hard Kelly had fought to survive. This is a route that I've run before, so I know what the GPS is supposed to look like. <laughs> um, I've even stopped in that bathroom before, and um, so to see it afterwards was like very much what it felt like. Um, it's a, you know, it's a line that is running down the beach and it goes into a bathroom and then it's just this crazy scribble, zigzag back and forth. And it looks like a kid took a marker and just scribbled all over the bathroom. Um, and that's how it was. It was like, I went in, I went into one stall, washed my hands, dried them, and then I'm just like a ping pong ball flying around that bathroom, like covered every square inch of it. Kelly was a survivor. She'd fought like hell. But news reports in the coming days painted a very different picture. In the newspaper the next day, it said, woman um, assaulted in park bathroom, gets punched in the head five times and escapes or something to that effect. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. The fact that I took a self-defense class three weeks before this is, I mean, it played a huge part <laughs> in saving my life. And I went from this being my biggest nightmare to it coming true, but then rewriting the ending to where I'm not a victim because I was prepared. And 
I mean, I've all the word victim has always sort of rubbed me the wrong way because I don't feel like I'm a victim. I mean, on paper, I am when I'm filling out the police report, and it's like if someone's the assailant and someone's the victim, I'm the victim. But you know, um, I fought back and I lived, so it was very important for me to be vocal about that. Reclaiming the narrative, Kelly shared that snap from her GPS tracker, a frenzied red scrawl, to her Instagram. My face is stitched, my body is bruised, but my spirit is intact, she wrote. It struck a chord, going viral, but Kelly grappled with depression, struggling to sleep. Her attacker, Gary Matthew Steiner, 40, haunted her. Homeless, Steiner had been convicted of sex crimes in the past. Once I found out that he was actually a registered sex offender, it all became very real. We didn't go to court for over a year which was agonizing. I was very depressed during that time, waiting for this to be resolved. Also, you know, people would say, you're such a badass. I never felt that way. I just felt, felt sad. (laughs) I felt really sad. Um, It didn't feel happy, ever, really. So it affected me in so many ways. And, So when I had the opportunity to go to court and read my victim impact statement and look my attacker in the eye, I felt like the girl who was in the bathroom that day. Like, I felt like the badass. Like, I have never felt stronger in my entire life. I was, like, coming in there, guns blazing. Just, it felt amazing. I felt a huge sense of relief just to be able to stand there and say how this affected me. I had nightmares every single night for a year and I would often wake up crying or screaming. (laughs) I mean, my, the place you're supposed to feel safest, which is like in your bed, felt like a war zone every night. And so when I got to go to court and say that and my assailant was crying apologizing and I just felt this relief and I was grateful that he he pled guilty (laughs) I mean didn't fight it he agreed that he should get the maximum sentence Cairo 7 TV in Seattle was there to capture the moment I survived this vicious assault because I fought back with every fiber of my being. <laughs> Steiner, a level three sex offender convicted of assaulting several women in Arizona, broke down in court. After pleading guilty to second degree assault with a sexual motivation, Steiner was sentenced to three years in prison in March 2018. As the security guards were escorting him out to go to jail, I was in the back of the courtroom with my mom, and and the judge said, Miss Heron, your actions that day were commendable and heroic, and did you ever run the marathon that you were training for? And I said, yes, I did, Your Honor. And then just like this huge weight of the world just came off of me. I was like, fuck yes, I ran that marathon, and now your ass is going to jail, and this is over. Like, I finally... <laughs> I felt like I had emerged from this hole in the ground I had been living under, like, I felt free. 
and I couldn't even identify the feeling as I was leaving the courtroom, like walking down the street with my mom. I was like, you feel this weird feeling and I don't know what it is. And it was, it was simple. I mean, it, it was just happiness. And it had been so long since I just felt happy that I couldn't even recognize it. Thankfully, Kelly didn't have to worry about her attacker ever terrorizing another woman. Four months on, he died in prison. I do know that the guy who attacked me won't be attacking anyone else because he died in prison. And that gives me a lot of closure, even if it's just one person. It's one person who, you know, I feel like the world is a safer place without him in it. Kelly credits her self-defence class for saving her life that day. And two years on, she's partnered with the instructor who taught her those life-saving skills, running women's empowerment and self-defence workshops. Kelly teaches her students the four key things that she learned. Trust your intuition, respond immediately, be loud and fight hard, and hard bones to soft spots. So basically take any hard chunk of bone on your body and just... <laughs> hit them with it somewhere vulnerable and that's essentially what I did. Kelly also feels a real responsibility to share what she's been through in the hope that it will help other survivors. You become part of this club that you never wanted to be a part of and it's something a lot of people don't talk about and I don't know that I would if things had turned out differently but I also know how important it is to have someone who's been there and who understands not just like the experience itself, but what it does to your life. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to be the same. One life ended that day and a new life began and they're different. I definitely feel like I have bounced forward. Like, my life has a purpose now that it didn't have before. And I'm so happy and grateful to be alive. And I don't want to spend my days doing something that doesn't give me joy. Um, and I don't think I'm any tougher than the next person. That's one of the reasons I'm really um, vocal about self-defense is like, I'm a middle of the pack runner. I'm not exceptionally strong. I'm not exceptionally fast. And <laughs> I have terrible upper body strength, but I was able to fight and I was able to save my life and I was able to breathe another day. And I'm living proof that if you prepare yourself for a worst case scenario, that you can at least have a fighting chance. Yeah, it was it was literally the fight of my life. And sometimes it takes facing death to realize how important life really is. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you don't miss more incredible stories of survival. And of course, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review. It really helps. Next time on How I Survived. The whole world just went dark and quiet. I was head first up to my waist down the hippo's throat. I can remember him biting down on me and squeezing so hard that I thought for sure he was going to chomp me in half. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. 
Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 